Are you prioritizing your time this summer? You're going to learn more about that on today's show. Now, on today's show, we have Mr. Rob Schallenberger, one of the nation's leading experts on time management, leadership, and what we're going to talk about today, prioritizing your time. Let's check out Mr. Rob Schallenberger. All right. Well, hello to all of my friends at EGIA. My name is Rob Schallenberger. And first of all, I honor you and thank you for investing 45 minutes of your time. That gives a great glimpse into what kind of leader you are as, you run, as you're running your organization. Now, we're in the summer months. You know, things are cranking. They're busy. There's all these things that are competing for your time. And I would suggest that the summer is the most important time for us as leaders to prioritize our time and do what matters most. And so I promise that over the next 45 minutes, this will be a life-changing webinar. And I'll call it a webinar because I view this as an interactive experience between us. Here's the power. I'm gonna share with you three high-performance habits that literally are life-changing and will increase our performance and productivity by at least 30 to 50%. And both of those are pretty bold promises. So I'm gonna invite you to test the power of these high-performance habits as we go through them. Now, just by way of introduction, I met many of you at different EGIA conferences throughout the past years. Some of you I've never met. So for those who I haven't met, I just wanna do a brief introduction. This is my beautiful family that you see on the screen. My oldest son, Robbie's 18. He's just getting ready to leave the home. And now I'm surrounded by three beautiful daughters and I have a lot of women in the house. <laughs> uh, so I love my family. It's my faith in God and my family that really are the priorities in my life. Now, I also had the chance to fly F-16s in the Air Force for 11 years and had some incredible experiences. This is where I saw what a high-performance culture looks like. Our standard was perfection. Now, obviously, not, we're not going to hit or achieve perfection after every flight. And that's why we debrief. Every single time we land, we debrief so that we could evaluate our successes and what worked well, as well as what didn't work so well. And from those, we would generate lessons learned to improve our next flight. So that was the high-performance culture that existed there. Perfection, yet we're not gonna get there, and so we're gonna continually strive to get better. Well, I wanted to take that same high-performance culture concept to the business world. And so after I left the Air Force 11 years ago, I joined forces with my father, who at the time had already been researching a, a group of people who we would call high performers. These are the top 10% across industries across ethnicities, across countries and cultures. We wanted to find out what set apart the very best from everyone else. So I joined him in this research and we've interviewed hundreds of people all over the world. And our intent there was to find out what is it that these high performers, these great leaders, the top 10% do that most other people don't do. In other words, what habits do they focus on? What principles? And it was fascinating because in this research, obviously not a single person was perfect. Yet as you started looking at high performers in the top 10%, it was very clear there were certain things they did that most others didn't do. In fact, we found that there are 12 principles of highly successful leaders that you see over and over in the very best. And these 12 principles are very predictive of success. And so what we did is we built a training program around these, and we've been all over the world, the Philippines, Europe, Africa, working with every kind of organization, many energy companies, many people who are members of EGIA, we worked with your organizations. And what we found as we've been doing this training is that there are three, what we now call high performance habits out of these 12 principles that have a direct impact on both performance and productivity. 
And that's the objective of what we're gonna do in this virtual training over the next few minutes together. Our objectives are twofold. Number one, I'm gonna share three of these high-performance habits that will have such a huge impact in your life as you lead a life by design rather than live a life by default. Because the truth is, as a leader in your organization, you've gotta show up for your team. You've gotta show up for your clients. But then you've gotta go home and show up for your family and show up for you personally. And so these three high performance habits will impact every area of our life. The second objective, because obviously we're barely gonna be able to touch on some of these, is for you to read the book, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders and take a much deeper dive into each one of those. So let's jump into this. We're gonna focus right here on how to prioritize your time and do what matters most. In other words, how do you increase your performance and productivity? Well, we've done assessments and research with more than 1,260 different managers across the world. And you can see on the screen what we found in that research. Very fascinating. 68% of people feel like prioritizing their time is their number one challenge. Can you relate to that in any form or fashion with all these competing demands on your time? Yet here's what was interesting. 80% of those same people didn't have a process to do what matters most and prioritize their time. So there's a huge needs gap right there. Now, if you look at the last bullet, for example, a person who develops the three habits that we'll talk about today will increase their productivity and performance by 30 to 50%. I've said that now several times because this is a big deal. And I'll get to this in just a few minutes here. What I mean by this is once you implement these three habits, you will accomplish this year 500 to 1,000 additional meaningful activities that you likely otherwise probably wouldn't have done without these habits. So this could have a huge impact in every area of our lives. So let's define, first of all, performance and productivity. These words are often used interchangeably as if they meant the same thing, but the reality is they mean two very different things. So performance, let's imagine that you have two archers. Each archer has three arrows. Performance, archer A draws back his arrow, boom, lets the arrow go, and it hits the bullseye. That archer hit the mark, so performance was high. They hit exactly what they were trying to hit. But let's say that archer doesn't shoot the other two arrows. For productivity, not so high. They left something on the table. Lower output, but high performance. Hit the mark, but left two arrows on the table. Now archer B shoots all three arrows, but misses the bullseye. Productivity was higher. They had a higher output, but they weren't hitting the bullseye. They didn't hit the mark. So performance could have improved. Think about the sales, your revenue targets, everything in your organization. Performance is about hitting the mark, hitting the bullseye, the target. Productivity is about doing it at an increased pace or output. Both of these are important to the success of a business. So for example, wouldn't you want an archer who can shoot four or five or six arrows and hit the bullseye every time? That's performance and productivity. Now, I want you to think about your organization here. Before we jump into these three high-performance habits, think about the people you work with, the coworkers, your team members. What's the culture that exists? We have what's called the Do What Matters Most Matrix. Now, we're gonna credit Dwight D. Eisenhower. He's the original producer of this matrix. It was called the Eisenhower Matrix. You know, different people through the years have taken this matrix, they've made adjustments to it. We've done the same thing. So we took the Eisenhower matrix and we made some adjustments, now calling it the do what matters most matrix. So typically, people and organizations fall within four categories, and there's usually a mix. Think about where your team, your organization is right now. 
So you have quadrant one, these are things that are important and urgent. In other words, you need to handle these things and do it. This is high stress, high priority. For example, if your website goes down, that's a big deal. You need to fix that now. If someone calls you who is a recent customer and had a really poor experience, that's something that needs to be addressed now. That's Q1. The idea is there will always be Q1 things happening, but we want those to be the exception and not the norm. And how many times have we worked with people or been a part of people's lives who love the thrill of the firefight? <laughs> they thrive in Q1. It's the adrenaline of Q1. At best, their performance and productivity will be mediocre. And that's, the, that's what happens in Q1. Now shift to Q2. Q2 is important, but not urgent. This is where you wanna spend most of your time. This is a focus on what matters most. The three high performance habits from today will help you shift your time and focus into Q2 to really doing what matters most, to being proactive instead of the reactivity of Q1. And it is a way better place to be. This is where high performers live. This is where you will see your leadership improve, your relationships with your spouse and children, your finances, everything about your life improves when you move into Q2. Now Q3, this is what's not important but urgent. So unimportant meetings, email, unannounced visits, things like this. Yeah, they're urgent, but they don't contribute towards your goals or your vision. Quadrant four are the things we want to eliminate. They don't contribute towards your goals in any way. TV, surfing the internet, wasted time, things like that. Now, in a Gallup study, this is where mediocre or average performing organizations allocated their time. Take a look at this graphic. You can see that the bulk of their time and energy is in Q1. It's in reaction mode. And again, if that's the case, mediocrity at best. If you wanna have a high performing team, a highly profitable organization, whether you're a two man shop, whether you're a 200 person organization, it doesn't matter. Same thought process applies. You can see now, this is what high performing organizations and the best in class, this is how they allocate their time. 50% of their time is in Q2. There will always be some Q1 things. That's why 20% of their time in Q1. So the whole purpose of showing you this is to say, let's move you and your organization to Q2 and to really do what matters most. And for the next few minutes, I'm gonna share these three high performance habits. And we're gonna focus these on you as the individual, as the leader in your organization and really focus on how do you increase your productivity, your performance so that you can show up for your team, for your clients, and especially for yourself <laughs> and for your family members. So here's the first high performance habit. That is to develop a powerful, written personal vision that is meaningful and gives you direction. This is under the principle of leading your life with a vision because you'll either lead a life by design or you will lead a life by default. And think about this from the employee perspective. Wouldn't you want employees whose personal vision aligns with their role in the company, with what they're doing? Because I want you to think about this. If their personal vision is out of alignment with the company or their team, do you think they're gonna be a high performer? In most cases, it'll probably be a mediocre effort at best. They'll come and do the min required, and then they go home. They check the square, fill out the box. When you look at high-performing employees, it's when their personal vision aligns with the team and the organization. So there's a huge power in this. People often call it finding your purpose or your why, but rarely does anyone talk about how to do it. That's why reading the book is so important. Now, I believe, as we're talking about your personal vision, that this will become the seed of your legacy. Now think about that. What happens when you plant a seed in fertile soil? Well, it has a chance to grow. 
What if a person never plants the seed? Then it doesn't even have a chance to grow. And think about this. If you've ever been to the redwood forest, these massive trees that you see, every one of them was once a seed. So all it takes is an idea, is all it takes is that thought to really provide a drive and emotion and a power. So again, if you're gonna show up as a leader, how much easier is it to do that when you have a powerful personal vision to where you get excited to get up in the morning? And that's what we're talking about. And you know, in the same research that I talked about earlier, we found that only one to 3% of people have a written personal vision. Think about the opportunity that then exists with yourself, with your team, and maybe even your children to develop a guiding vision for yourself. Now I'm gonna share with you my own personal experience just briefly, because I'm not standing here telling you this is important. I've experienced the power of a personal vision in my own life. And it, and it happened at a time where I needed it. You know, when I was 16 years old, it was a tough time in my life. Speaking of a vision, I had no direction. You know, graduating from high school was in jeopardy at this point. <laughs> so it was just a tough time in life. And I don't know if some of you can relate to that or not, but uh, high school is one of those places I really never want to go back to. Thank heavens. Well, that all changed for me on July 4th when we sat at Brigham Young University Stadium here in Provo, Utah. They have 55,000 people in the stands. Every 4th of July, they broadcast this on the Armed Forces Network. This is an amazing celebration, huge fireworks show. Well, every year they start off with a four ship flyby of F-16s. <laughs> and it's awesome. I mean, if you've ever watched a flyby, you've, you've felt that reverberating feeling in your chest, right? In your heart, you know what that feels like and sounds like. The jets flew over that day and my brother and I looked at each other. We felt that you know, roar in our chest and we said, someday we're gonna fly those jets right over this stadium. Now, what was just planted or born inside of us? The seed was planted. A vision was born. Even at 16 years old, there was the beginning of a vision. And I'll tell you what, everything in my life changed at that point. Now I had direction. Now I had laser focus. And so whereas I was all over the place, not anymore. I said, what needs to happen? Okay, well, I need to graduate from high school. I need to go to college. I need to graduate top of class, join ROTC. Everything started to come together in the plan towards accomplishing the vision. Now think about this, just like for me, some people say, well, you know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, your vision has to change the world. No, your vision doesn't have to change the world. It just has to change your world. And that's exactly what happened to me at 16 years old. It didn't change the world, but this vision changed my world. So fast forward the clock into 2007, 15 years later, both my brother and I ended up becoming fighter pilots and we submitted an application to the Pentagon to do the flyby for the Stadium of Fire, and they approved it. So I wanna show you a short 40 second clip from that day as we flew over the stadium. Now realize as you watch this, you know, this is from someone's iPhone, it's fairly pixelated, but nonetheless, you get the power and the emotion of being there that day and what a big deal it was for us. And as you watch this, I'd invite you to start thinking about what does your vision look like? And then I'll share with you a way to do this. So let's take a look. Isn't that awesome? I still get chills in my uh, neck and arms when I watch that. Even after all these years, it was such a cool experience to fly over that stadium. You know, I'll always remember after we flew over and you're flying three to four feet off of the other person's wing. So your only job in life is not to hit the other jet. And I remember flying over and, 
and over our headset came a voice, and it was the ground controller who was in the stadium. And he said, Viper 1-1, which was our call sign, nice flyby, perfect timing, congratulations, Schallenbergers. And again, I remember getting those chills up and down my arms and even a tear in my eye. And then I thought, man, you got to keep flying the jet, Rob. <laughs> but it took 15 years to make this vision a reality. It became an internal compass and a guide. So in our book, I'm going to invite you to read chapter two, where we go into a lot more detail on how to do this. What I will say is we invite people to do this in a way that I've never seen anyone else invite you to do this. And that is we invite you to look at your life through the lens of your different roles. In other words, if you look at your life through these different hats that you wear, roles, what are your roles that matter most to you? Parent, spouse, uh, CEO, president, sales manager. Your most important role, by the way, is personal. In other words, self. You know, it's kind of like an airline. If the oxygen masks fall, who always puts on the mask first? Us, right? We've got to take care of ourselves. Then we can help others. It's the same with our vision. Personally, you've got to have something that drives you and creates that internal fire. It's inward focused. The other roles are ten, usually outward focused. Spouse, parent, manager, CEO, etc. And then we invite you to come up with a vision in each role. So on the screen, you see an example of what that might look like. Remember, these are not goals. That comes next. This is the purpose, the why, the fire, the direction inside. What you see under the role of spouse is my exact vision, word for word, in that role. And I will tell you that I know when my life is in alignment with that and when it's out of alignment with that. And you say, well, why are we starting with this? How does this impact performance and productivity? Well, how can you have a plan if you don't have a destination of what that looks like? How much easier is it when you have that destination? So in the role of spouse, this is how it goes. And I'm not reading this. I, I think about this every single day. I did this morning when I woke up. One of the first things I thought of, I'm a kind and caring husband who always helps Tanya feel like a 10. I am totally faithful in thought and action, and I constantly strive to compliment her, serve her, and be the husband of her dreams. Now, is that how it goes in our house every day? Nope. <laughs> but that's the destination. That's my vision. And if I'm out of alignment, then I need to own it and get back in alignment with that vision. So that is the first high-performance habit is to develop a written personal vision. The next is setting what we call roles and goals that becomes part of your plan to achieve your vision. And what I'm about to share can literally take what might be impossible or feel impossible, and it suddenly makes it possible, which is so exciting. And I'll tell you this, 90% is the magic number. When you have a clearly written goal and plan, you are 90% more likely to accomplish something. Yet here's the irony. On average, if you were to guess the percentage of people of employees who feel competent, as setting clear goals and developing a plan, what would you guess the number is? It's actually less than 10% of employees actually have clearly set goals of what they're gonna focus on, let alone being well-written. And you know what? It is not their fault. This is a skill set, and unless they receive the training, they most likely have never developed the skill set. It's why we're doing this right now with each other is to grow the, not only the mindset, this skill set as well. Now, I want you to participate with me on this. If you're not driving and you're in a place where you can do this, this is kind of a cool little exercise. It illustrates why you have roles and goals. What does that do for our focus? How does it take all these intentions and make them a reality, especially in the chaos of the summertime when all of these competing priorities are demanding your attention? So everyone stand up if you're game for trying this. And then you can go show this to your employees and your kids. But you'll, the only way to really do this is to experience it. So everyone stand up. 
Okay, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Put your arms out to your side, put one leg out in front of you, close your eyes and try to balance. Arms out, one leg out in front of you, close your eyes and try to balance. And give it a good 10 to 20 seconds. Keep them closed. <laughs> I wish we were all in a room together so that you could see everyone and what they're doing right now. All right, now we're gonna shift it up a little bit. This time, eyes open. Choose a spot on the wall in front of you, arms out to your side, one leg out in front of you again, and focus on that spot with a laser-like focus. And what's the difference? Go ahead and try it for 10 seconds. Isn't that amazing, the difference? Clearly, the differentiator is focus. Well, how often do we have that level of focus in our lives? And this is why once we do, everything will change around us. You deliver a better customer experience because you're no longer in Q1. You're a better leader to your employees. You're able to show up. When you go home, you're a better husband or wife. You're a better parent to your children. And we have this, what we call performance average that starts rising. Let me give you a personal example. And notice I share these personal examples because there's a real power to them. You know, there's something that's really impacted my life. So we use this concept of roles and goals with our children. Every year at the end of December, we sit down and they develop their roles and goals for the year. Now they're not perfect, they're far from it. They're just like any other kids. But there's a power in having their roles and goals that helps them focus. So Bella, who was 11 years old at the time, you see her on the screen, she came up with the role of author. Uh, okay, that's kind of a cool role, Bella. What's your goal? And she said, well, I want to write a children's book. Okay, awesome. So we came up with this goal to write a children's book by December 20th. Now, there is a skill set in coming up with goals. They should be specific and measurable. You should never seize the word more or better. Uh, you shouldn't set daily goals. Exercise every minute for 30 Exercise every day for 30 minutes. All of these goals are setting ourselves up for potential failure. So in Bella's case, we came up with the goal, write a children's book by December 20th. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant to her vision. And it was time specific. It's a well-worded goal. It's a skill set to do that. Well, fast forward the clock. We started working on her book. We called it A to Z, the best in you and me. And what we decided to do is have Bella go through each word, or excuse me, each letter, and find a word that associated with it. So you can see on your screen some examples of what that would look like. B is beautiful, C is courage, D is dream, all the way through the alphabet. And she'd come up with a fun little quote that goes along with it. Now to take this up a notch, we added a question at the bottom of every page so that a parent or grandparent could sit down and have a discussion with the people who they're reading with and actually have some meaningful discussions. So for example, on the screen you see under the word beautiful at the bottom of the page, what are some beautiful things about you? And you know, I mentioned earlier that the goal is to finish this by December 20th. When do you think we finished this book? December 20th, baby, right on the dot. <laughs> it was a mad scramble to get it done. And I was so excited that night to go up and read it with my youngest daughter. So we opened up to this page and her name is Clara. And I, I'm talking with Clara about beautiful and I asked her this question, Clara, what are some beautiful things about you? And you know what her response was? She said, Dad, there's nothing beautiful about me. I'm ugly. And I about fell off the bed. I mean, I honestly wanted to start crying. I thought I failed as a father here. I could not believe that the programming from the world had already crept into her young brain. So every night for the next two weeks, we talked about all of the beautiful things about Clara. After that, now I ask her, what are some beautiful things about you, Clara? 
I know my teeth, my smile, my hair. What was the trigger that helped us move that direction? It was reading the book with Clara. Why do I say this? What is the percent chance that I would have ever written this book without Bella's goal? Like 0%. We're writing books on strategic planning, do what matters most, some of these other performance habits, things like that. This wasn't even on the radar. It was her goal that allowed us to come up with this book that transformed our relationship with Clara. If you have a son or daughter or a grandson or daughter, imagine sitting down with them and having those types of conversations. What would their answers be to, for example, what are some of your dreams? How would they answer? I share this because if an 11 year old can come up with a goal and pursue it like that, any of us can do it. It starts with the right mindset of having the willingness and desire and then applying the skill set of how to do it. So in just a few minutes, when we finish with the third high performance habit, I'm gonna show you how you can get a free template so that you can start on your vision and your goals and get that focus and alignment. Again, in the book, you're gonna get a lot more detail on how to do this. We're also creating online what we call a five day challenge, a peak performance kit, all of these will be helpful to you in getting going on your vision and your goals. You know, so here's the deal. The art is in the start. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And so what we're doing is inviting you to do what less than 1% of people have done. And that is to start on your vision and your goals. And the book will help take you into more detail on how to do that. Download the template as a starting point. Make sure your goals are specific, measurable. There's no more or better or less or anything like that in there one to four goals per role, and we'd love to take a look at them. You know, for those who are coming to conferences later in the year, grab us, we'll look at them with you. That'll be a great start. So my invitation is to finish your vision and your goals, at least a draft, within the next two weeks. And you know, you may be tempted to say, well, I'm just too busy. It's the exact wrong thing to say because we're talking about doing what matters most. And as we roll into this third habit, it is so much more powerful when done through the lens and the context of having a vision and goals. And the third habit is what we call pre-week planning. And pre-week planning is a habit designed to help you prioritize your time at the daily and weekly level so that you can do what matters most, where the rubber really meets the road. Now we put together this video and I'd like to share this video with you. As you watch this, think about your employees. Think about what you're doing with your time. How are you showing up as a leader? How could you do more of what matters most right now? And then I'll share with you a life-changing process to help you really take control of your schedule and do what matters most. So let's take a look at this clip.
Isn't that a touching video? I mean, can't you relate to some of those scenarios that you saw in there? You know, some of your employees have gone through some of those things. Maybe you have. All of us have different challenges. And that's why it's our opinion that a transformational leader makes time. <laughs> you know, what's the alternative to that? You said it probably at some point in your life, we all have, or you heard it, you've, you've heard it said many times. And that is, you know, I really want to do that, but I'm just too busy. And we almost wear that as a badge of honor, as if busyness equaled being productive and performing at a high level. It's actually the exact opposite. You know, as an F-16 pilot, there's a term called task saturation. And unfortunately, there's at least one pilot that dies every year because they were task saturated and they misprioritized. In other words, there's all these things going on in the cockpit. There's all these things demanding your time and your attention, yet you have six primary instruments. Your job is to never lose track of those six primary instruments. Yet all these radio calls are going off in your ear, the radar is going off, the radar warning receiver, and suddenly you forget about your altitude. And there are pilots who have hit the ground at 600 miles an hour because they weren't looking outside the window of their jet anymore. They quit looking at their altimeter. Think about your primary instruments and what those are. Those are your roles. And if we're task saturated in life, it's very easy to lose focus of what matters most and just get into quadrant one and focus on the fire of the day. Because as task saturation increases, performance and productivity will decrease. Task saturation rises, stress rises. And that's why this process that we developed called pre-week planning will help you schedule your priorities rather than prioritize your schedule. Let me say that one more time. Pre-week planning is one of the single greatest habits, predictors of success, because it will help a person schedule their priorities rather than prioritize their schedule. In other words, this is the process that will help you take your time, move to quadrant two, and do what matters most. So let me walk through pre-week planning and what it is. It typically takes 20 to 30 minutes to do on the weekend, Friday afternoon, Sunday evening. Because as you know, you know, once Monday morning rolls around, we're in the firefight already. It's usually too late. This is a discipline. This is a habit. And that's why, you know, there's, there's some resources that we created, that five-day challenge, the peak performance kit, and things like that, that help with the development of the habit. It's probably, like I said, the single most predictive habit of success of any habit that I'm aware of. So you've got to have a discipline to say, you know what, every Sunday, every Saturday, I will sit down, allocate 20 to 30 minutes, and do pre-week planning. Now, where did we get this term? You know, a pilot does pre-flight planning, right? Before they jump in their jet. They check the weather, the route of flight, everything that goes along with that. In the fighter pilot world, we spent one to four hours pre-flight planning. Now, what would happen if a pilot said, you know what, forget pre-flight planning, we're just gonna go out there and wing it today. Wouldn't it be chaos? Well, how many of us go into our weeks without a plan and would expect a different result than the pilot? And that's why just like pre-flight planning is critical to a pilot, pre-week planning is equally essential in our life for those who want to focus and do what matters most. So let's walk through the process. For those who would like one, we've developed a Becoming Your Best Planner. It has every week done for you. Some of you may use Google, Outlook, things like that. Whatever you want to use, the process will be the same as you walk through this. I'm just going to use our BYB, Becoming Your Best Planner, as the template. And for those that may have interest in getting your own planner, you can go to our store at becomingyourbest.com and just click on the store. You can get your planner. So let's walk through the four steps. What you see on the screen is an example of the weekly template. Now, if you look in the upper corner of the screen, you're going to see the steps for pre-week planning. Imagine yourself sitting down on the weekend 
And the very first thing you do is look at your vision and your goals. So a person who's consistently doing their pre-week planning is looking at their vision and their goals at least once a week. Imagine how different that is from the general population, the focus and power that comes from that. The next step is to write your roles, just like you did for your vision and your goals. You're gonna write across the top your roles. And whether you use Google, Outlook, anything, it's important to actually write this down. Grab a piece of paper, use our planner, use whatever you need to, to actually physically write. That unlocks a part of the brain that otherwise stays dormant. Typing doesn't do it. So it is important to write here. So you write your roles and you can see in the blue row on the screen, an example of what we mean. Personal is pre-written for you. That's your most important role. It's you taking care of you, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The other roles are examples, spouse, parent, manager, artist, etc., whatever. The next step is to identify what are the specific action items, the weekly goals or tasks that you need to do this week, or let me change that wording, the things that you can do this week in each of those roles that matters most. In other words, how do you shift from reactive thinking to proactive thinking? Because reactive thinking is what do I need to do? Proactive is what can you do? That's the difference between mediocrity and greatness right there. That's why pre-week planning is a game changer. So you sit down, you review your vision and goals. What are your roles? What matters most in each role this week? And the last step is when will you do it? Sounds simple, right? We've invested thousands of hours in looking at time management across the board, everything that exists. We've taken what could be very complex and boiled it down to this very simple process. Is all you need to do is do it. <laughs> and it will have a huge impact in your life. Let me give you an example. Uh, we were with the executives of Pepsi. And one of their executives in the role of father wrote, call my son. We thought that was interesting. And so my father asked him, you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by call your son? Why, why is that a big deal? Because this executive was in his early 60s, kind of had white graying hair. So he just thought that was interesting. He said this, seven years ago, my son and I got into an argument and we haven't talked since. Can you imagine? So all of a sudden it became a big deal. We asked him, well, when are you gonna do it? Wednesday at seven o'clock, great. Well, six months later, we were back for a follow-on training with the same team and we asked this gentleman, how did it go with your son? Did you make the call? And he said, you know, I was scared to death to make the call that day. And I think we could probably empathize with why that's the case, right? Is my son even gonna talk with me? But then he went on to say, you know, I picked up the phone and I made the call. And it was amazing because we couldn't even remember what we had argued about seven years ago. And now we talk every week and we're best friends. And you wanna hear what's crazy about this story? On that very call, he found out that he had two grandchildren who he didn't even know existed. Isn't that crazy? And in his own words, he said, I probably would have never made that call had it not been for pre-week planning. And the truth is, we're not that different. You know, in the back of our mind, we know some of these things that we should be doing, but what happens? I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, I'll just do it next week. And procrastination, one of the great killers of success, suddenly weeks turns into months, months turn into year, and nothing has changed. So whether it's your health, your relationships, whether it's you as a CEO showing up for your team, improving customer experience, getting strategically aligned as an organization, these are the things that matter most. And pre-week planning is the vehicle, the process, to help you plan and make time in your week where you will actually do what matters most. Now, Zig Ziglar said this, and I love what Zig said about this. I believe that being successful means having a balance of success stories across the many areas of your life. 
You can't truly be considered successful in your business life if your home life is in shambles. Isn't the spirit of that true? In our own research, we found that if someone has a significant personal issue in their life, whether it's a relationship, a health issue, productivity will decline by about 40%. So let's flip that to the positive. A person who has a balance of success stories will probably be 40% more productive than someone who's dealing with a personal issue. Roles and goals, your vision and pre-week planning will help you really focus your time and attention on what matters most. So I'm gonna share one more personal example. This is obviously a picture of my family and the young lady holding on to my wife, her name is Lana. Now I do pre-week planning every week. I've been doing it for 22 years. So I was going out to Indianapolis to do a keynote about two years ago. And prior to leaving under the role of father, I had written this, write a note to Lana. Simple, right? So I wrote a simple little note to her telling, how, telling her how much I loved her, what a great girl she was, and then I left. And at the time she was about 11 years old. So on the way back the next day, I was gonna get home at midnight, it was gonna be dark, and my wife texted me a picture. And she said, Rob, I know you're gonna get home, it's gonna be dark in our bedroom, but I want you to see what Lana snuck in and put on our headboard. And this was the note that Lana put on her headboard and the picture was in, our, in my text message. Isn't that kind of cool? You know, I love you to the moon and back even more than all of the jelly beans in the world. I'm sitting there on the Delta flight getting all emotional there. And the, here's the point. How long did it take me to write that note to Lana? Less than a minute. And it started this fun exchange back and forth between us. Some of these things that matter most don't have to take a lot of time. It could be a simple text to a client, sitting down at lunch with one of your employees and talking to them about their vision. You know, these things are what transformational leaders do. But here's the thing. They won't happen if we're living in Q1. This is stepping back and getting very intentional and focused. Vision goals, pre-week planning. What can you do this week by role that matters most? Q2. And this is where you feel a shift that starts to happen into your life. So one of the things I would invite you to do is either get a BYB planner. Uh, I will give you as part of the downloads at the end of this training, uh, a free soft cover that you can print and use. Whatever you want to do. But the bottom line is commit to start. And with pre-week planning, you know what? Is all you need to do is write your roles, what matters most. And if you use Google or Outlook, transfer each one of those items then to your electronic calendar. This is a discipline. It is a habit, but it's a life-changing one. So this is the final thing that I wanted to show you. I mentioned early on that the combination of vision goals and pre-week planning would increase productivity by at least 30 to 50%. I want to show you why that number is actually even higher than that. So this is a study done of different managers, leaders, executives. And what you see here is what happens over the course of four to five weeks of someone who's consistently doing pre-week planning. Now, let me explain what you're seeing on the screen. The horizontal axis are weeks, one, two, three, four, five. The vertical axis are tasks planned and accomplished. So the blue line are tasks planned. For example, you'll see week one, the person starting in on pre-week planning for the first time comes up with 23 total activities across roles. So in the parent, they may have three or four, the CEO, they may have seven or eight, personally five or six. All of those cumulatively added up to 23. At the end of the week, as they were tracked, that person accomplished 13 of the 23 that they planned. And if you're accomplishing 70 to 80% of what you plan as part of pre-week planning, that's awesome. What I really wanna show you here though is this. Fast forward four weeks. Now what do you see? The same people on average now are planning 41 activities into their week. And even more important, they've accomplished on average 33 activities. 
That, compared to where they started in week one, 13 to 33, that's more than 100% increase in activities accomplished. Now, it's one thing to look at this on a screen, but I want you to imagine in your mind that every single one of these numbers represents a meaningful activity in your life. It's a note to Lana. It's a phone call to your son. It's a call to your client. It's sitting down with your executive team to get strategically focused and aligned. It's developing a new process. It's a date with your spouse. Every one of these numbers represents something meaningful. So let's do the math. Between week one and week four, that was a 20 activity delta difference. Let's take 20 times four, that's 80 activities a month more than the person would have accomplished had they not done pre-week planning. 80 times 10 to 12 over the course of a year, that's 800 to 1,000 additional activities that are meaningful to that person that they accomplished because of their vision goals and pre-week planning that they likely wouldn't have done otherwise. That is huge. What if you measure that over the course of a lifetime? It's immeasurable. And that's why I told you that this would be a life-changing virtual training. This is a skill set. It's combined with a mindset. It's the discipline to apply the habits. And all three of these come together, developing your personal vision one time, roles and goals once a year. And then it leaves us with pre-week planning and being consistent with that every week, week in and week out, so that you can show up as a transformational leader and really do what matters most. Watch the impact it has in your life, your team, your organization, your culture. Imagine if your employees were doing pre-week planning every week to identify what they could do that mattered most in their particular role inside your organization. That's where you start shifting the culture. That's where high performance starts to come into play. And I love what Albert Gray said that you can see on the screen here. The common denominator of success, the secret of success of every person who's ever been successful lies in the fact that they form the habit of doing things that most people don't like to do. These three high performance habits will put you in the 1%. 99% of people don't do these. And this is a very quick way to start to stand out and accelerate the growth of your organization is to get your people focused on these high performance habits, especially during the summer when there's so many competing demands for your time because, you know, when are you gonna start? If you don't start now, when will you start? And it's easy to say, well, I'll start in the fall or I'll start in the winter. This is the time. And the organizations that we've worked with and done this training have risen become the very best in class in their geographical areas, whether it's Florida, California, you know, wherever it might be. So we're gonna wrap up. I wanna give you two invitations here. Number one, first of all, let's go back to where we started. This has been all about performance and productivity, shooting more arrows and hitting the bullseye more often, doing what matters most, moving out of Q2, or excuse me, Q1, into primarily Q2, eliminating the Q3 and Q4. A person who's primarily in Q2 when those Q1 fires do come up, hey, no problem. You're in a lot better position to deal with them because they're low stress. You handle them and take care of them. So a couple of invitations for us. Number one, we will send you a free roles and goals template so that you can start on your roles and goals as well as your vision. If you would like to share this with your team, feel free to do so. In addition, we'll send you a soft template, a PDF, that you can use to get started on pre-week planning. That is a short-term gap. That is generally not a long-term solution. Uh, most effective is to get the planner. So for that, just simply email us, support at becomingyourbest.com. We will send you the free templates out so that you can start doing that right now. Second, I would encourage and invite you to invest in a copy of Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders, and read it in the next 30 days. Now, I didn't share this, but I would invite you as one of your roles and goals in the personal category to make reading one of your goals. 
Successful leaders are readers. And if you want to hear something crazy, 43% of college graduates will never read another book the rest of their life. And I think you could probably relate to why, you know, I'm just too busy. You know, when, when do I do it? Well, the transformational leader makes time. Pre-week planning, roles and goals. That's where we make the time. So I'd invite you to get a copy of that book, read it in the next 30 days. It's even better if you read it with uh, your leadership team. That'll make it even more powerful. And then the last and final invitation is to really start and put in the effort to get going on your vision, your goals, and be laser disciplined on the habit of pre-week planning every weekend. And if by chance you miss a weekend, no problem. Jump back on the horse the next weekend, but don't let that percolate and go any further. It's a discipline. Now, for a lot of you, we're going to see you again in the fall virtual leadership conference. I would love to use some of your examples in that fall leadership conference, your vision, your goals, what you've done, what impact has pre-week planning had in your life. So there will be some additional resources. For those who want to get the free templates, we'll put a couple links at the bottom where you can get like the five-day challenge that goes a lot more in-depth on each one of these. And for those who are serious about getting going, those are huge value adds that can help you get going in that track. So I hope this has been helpful. It's been a little longer than the normal virtual training. The truth is, as you can see, these three high-performance habits are indeed life-changing. So let me finish with this quote, one of my favorite quotes. It says this, One ship sails east and another west. By the self-same winds that blow, tis the set of the sail and not the gale that determines the way they'll go. In other words, every one of us, regardless of whether you're leading a two-person organization or a 2,000-person organization, at an individual level, we all have this wind at our back. And the question is, how will we choose to set our sail to capture that wind? And these three high-performance habits are just that. They are habits that will help us catch that wind and really work towards becoming our best. So again, I honor you for being here today. It shows a lot about your character and who you are as you leading your organization. So on behalf of ourselves and our entire team, I wish you a great day and a wonderful rest of the week. We love this special Seizing the Summer content, right? We do it every year. It's special content just for the summer. Now, if you like this content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now by filling out the form on this page. This is powerful, powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and be prepared for the dreaded slow season. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.